from the choir. And following the choir, we're going to receive our tithes and our offerings.
Don't you just love that sweet sound of choir music? I hope y'all enjoyed it because that's where you get to hear the amazing voice of your super amazingly talented ruler. That's right. I'm not just the hostess. I am the queen of my show, the story of my life, featuring the one and only Sarah Adewalu. Welcome to episode 36. Just like that, we made it this far into the episode. Into the show, I mean. Another Sunday episode, I know. But like I promised you, I am positive this is the right time and place for me to record without further distractions. Or at least I hope so. Um, anyway, in the previous Sunday episodes I've done so far, I talked about how much I love to laugh and how other people around me have learned to accept it and to deal with it. Well, that's certainly no exception for my co-workers and the campers at the YWCA camp this summer where I worked. I'll talk more about the fun activities in a little bit, but like I said before, some of the campers were a little bit rude to me about it. and. My fellow colleagues had to have my back by telling them to treat me with respect no matter what. And I like that. I like that they had my back. When I was initially a counselor for group four slash five, which is the oldest age group of campers, um, some of them were a bit rude about it, like my laughing um it was mainly the boys and it was mostly the boys that were doing more of the making me laugh by seeing the random stuff um um, but very rarely were the girls rude about it like they were just like completely okay with it um but there was one girl in the group who was in that group who was a bit rude about it um that camper girl uh she's black and uh, she's 10 years old, and because she's 10 years old, she was pa- placed specifically in group four. So like I said, group four slash five is the age group of campers between the ages of nine through 12. So group four is campers who are ages nine through 10, and group five is 11 through 12 year olds. And um, the 12 year olds are which are two girls in that group. Um, They're the eldest age group of campers. And since there weren't very many 11 or 12-year-olds, it was mostly more 9-year-olds who were in the group. Um, So since there were just only about a few 11 through 12-year-olds, I don't know the exact number. Um, So there wasn't very many of them within that group 5. So that's why they sort of meshed groups four and five together so that group would be addressed as groups four and five because you know there's just one big group together so I in my own head would secretly call them 
groups four slash five four slash five to show that they are one big group comprised of nine-year-olds to 12-year-olds so four slash five but this girl specifically um this black girl um she's 10 so she was placed in group four because of her age and so she was a bit rude about my laughing because whenever i would find something that i think to be funny and that i would laugh at it um she would sort of say something like I'm 10 years old and don't understand how this is funny or I don't understand how that is funny. Um, And also, I only laugh when something is actually funny. Um, Yeah, I mean, she's a great kid overall, but I just thought that maybe the way she said it sounded a little bit rude. Like, oh, I'm 10 years old. I don't understand how this or that is funny. Or I only laugh when something's funny. Just the way she said it was rude to me. Like, kind of like her tone, maybe, in a way. Yeah, because I always thought that campers were taught to respect their counselors and teachers and authority figure no matter what. So, yeah, I kind of think about it now and think that that girl... I mean, I know it wasn't really her attention, but it came off as sounding rude to me. Like, I don't understand how this is funny. Like, you know, like, I have the right to laugh if I want to. Like, we're at a summer camp. Like, it's not like a serious business-like environment. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think it was in the classroom. Like, the classroom assigned for group four slash five. And that classroom is actually the coldest, one of the coldest rooms in the school building besides the gym slash cafeteria. And because that classroom is always like air conditioned, like well air conditioned. So obviously when I had been the assigned counselor for that group for just a few days, I wore my denim jacket with me so as, you know, not to feel too cold, like so yeah, and in that classroom, that at the time when that girl said that to me, it was a class going on. It was a STEM class with the STEM specialist, you know, a girl who's about 20 years old, like a few years younger than me, who taught the STEM class. Well, technically STEAM, because the A obviously stands for art, so she... The STEM specialist tried to incorporate more of the art activities in it. So, yeah, it was during that class project where I was laughing at something and that girl, the camper, is like, I don't understand how this is funny. Like, yeah. And um, like I said in previous episodes about the YWCA summer camp, um, the camp is broken up into five different age groups of campers assigned to particular counselors and each camp group has different specialist subjects at different times so for group four slash five for example um stem was the last class on their activity schedule for the day like stem was the last thing that they had on their schedule um before snack time and then after snack time is dismissal time to like go home like yeah and so that girl was an example of one camper in the group who was a bit snarky with me about my laughing habit like you know just the way she said it came off as rude to me like 
I didn't really like it that much, and I don't like it now, now that I'm thinking more about it, like, how she said it, like, and most of the other boys, though, within the group, they didn't mind so much, so obviously they would be the ones to try to make me laugh by saying a bunch of random stuff, and, and that, I think one of those boys at some point in time after I have been assigned to a different camp group um he was he too was a little bit rude about it um because he said something kind of weird and peculiar along the lines of how people in China aren't even allowed to smile or laugh um we were walking during the halls one time and I was laughing at something he and the other boys in that group were saying. And he, that boy particularly, he was like, why do you laugh so much or something like that? Like, he was just curious about it. Like, he didn't ask it in a rude way. Um, he was just curious. And I was like, well, um, I love to laugh. Um, I live in a free country and I'm allowed to laugh, like, whenever I want, like, that was exactly what I said to him, but I didn't, like, say it in a rude way, of course. Like, he said it curiously, and I responded back in my normal, like, casual manner. And and then he sort of made that off-kilter remark, but, well, in China, you're not allowed to, like, smile or laugh or something. Yeah, something like that was what he said about how people in China aren't even allowed to, like, laugh or smile. And I'm just like, what? Well, I didn't, like, say it out loud, out loud, of course, but I was just thinking that, like, WTF is that supposed to mean? Like, what? And, yeah, the STEM specialist girl was the one who overheard it, and she told this kid, this boy, to, you know, don't be rude to Miss Sarah. Be nice. Yeah, so that was not in the classroom. Um, um, we were outside walking in the hallways outside getting ready for morning dismissal like for the rest of the other campers to like arrive at camp like I'll get I'll explain more about that in a little bit um it's this moment at camp called pre-camp or before camp um I'll talk about that soon I promise so yeah um that boy um he obviously remembered me from the very first week of camp and he was obviously one of the boys who would try to make me laugh and stuff by saying the random words and stuff. So it was just at that moment when we were in the hallways, like going outside a school building for early morning dismissal, like, you know, the other campers like arriving to camp, like being, um, being dropped off to camp. Like this, this boy was kind of rude about it. Like, but, like, somewhere along the way, though, it was, like, I wasn't, like, I was no longer their counselor for that group, because, like I said, that was the first week of camp. Like, this incident took place a few weeks later, and by this time, a few weeks into the camp, I was assigned to another group called Group 1B. Like, I'll talk about that in a little bit. <clears throat> Sorry. So, like, it was times like that that I was able to, like, be more assertive of myself like you know just let these kids know that you know like I'm free to laugh like whenever I want like it's my personality and it's a free country like if you have a problem with it too bad like something like that and 
And yeah, that's when that boy just made an off-kilter remark. Like, I don't know if that's true. Like, Chinese people don't smile or laugh. Like, what? This boy himself is white, I think. I don't know the exact race. So it's kind of weird for him to say that. Like, But, like, at least the STEM specialist made him apologize to me at the time, I think. Yeah, he did, so, and yeah, he did apologize to me, and I accepted it, so, yeah, let me just take a quick water break. (laughs) And, um, so, the campers in my newly assigned permanent group um, group 1B, they're a group of younger kids, ages 5 through 7, and most of them are probably in the first or second grade as of this very moment right now. And um, since they're younger kids, they were obviously very much okay with my laughing habit. Um, at first, when I started laughing at something they were saying or doing, I think it was at the playground, um, they became a little bit curious as to what it is that I found so funny. And then, obviously, somewhere along the way, they were just, like, totally okay with it. Like, they were not rude about it at all. Like, and that goes for the black girl counselor I was paired with. Um, that girl, like, served as their main counselor for that group um i mentioned that she's been working part-time at the ywca for three years now so she's obviously familiar with most of these campers and the camp itself like all the activities and stuff (laughs) oh my god sorry so yeah it's true everyone was okay with they even the camp managers the assistant direct camp directors um my fellow counselors like this specialist everyone is okay with the my laughing habit um that's because i tend to spread joy and positivity to everyone around me and it's not a problem at all like like after all we were at a summer camp and If you really think about it, a summer camp is a pretty chill, laid-back setting, so it's not like we're, like, at a serious, like, business meeting or something serious or at a uh, life-threatening thing. Like, it's a summer camp, like, a casual setting. Like, I'm allowed to, like, let my hair down, like, right? (laughs) Like... I don't have, like, any reason to be all, like, serious and tensed up. Like, we were at a summer camp with kids having fun for the most part. Like, I don't need to be serious about many things. Like, well, except maybe getting the kids to, like, listen and stuff. But, like, for the most part, I'm free to, like, laugh whenever I want. And I don't think the kids should have to be rude about it. Like, they're obviously taught to respect their counselors, respect their staff, the authority figures, so they know better than that, like, so, yeah. Anyway, in the previous YWCA-related episodes, um, I talked about the first three weeks of camp activities and events, like, 
the Camp Barbecue, International Day, and Pizza Friday, um, food-related events like that. So in this episode, I'll talk about the remaining four weeks of camp as much as I can before Anchor starts to remind me about my one-hour recording time limit. Um, So week four of the Dumont camp was Olympics, Olympics themed, uh, meaning that it was Camp Olympics that whole week. Um, I think somewhere around that week was the same time that another woman joined my group 1B. Um, um, So she's a Hispanic woman. um, And um, I think for the first few days, She brought her son along with her. Her son, like I mentioned previously, um, was this guy who's about 18 or something. So just a few years younger than me. Um, This guy also helped to shadow in his mom's group, um, which is my my group, Group 1B. Um, So he got to see my group's camp schedule of activities and all that stuff. (coughs) (coughs) sorry and as I also mentioned he eventually decided to work for the Mawa camp um, because I mentioned that the YWCA has two camp locations um, in the state um, Mawa and Dumont and um, obviously um, guess which camp I chose (laughs) that's right Dumont And so, for the Camp Olympics, all groups of campers were divided into four different team colors. Green, red, yellow, and blue. That's right. So, no matter which camp group the campers were assigned, um, for the Olympics Olympics week, um, um, they're competing against other campers in different team colors. So not camp groups. It goes by team color. Um, so they're competing against each other. So um, for my group 1B as one example. Um, since there are about 24 campers in 1B. So that means about 5 or 6 of the campers were assigned different team colors. So from the top of my head, I think about six or seven of the 1B campers were assigned to Team Blue. So that's within my group 1B, Team Blue. And then others within my group were green, red, and yellow. So yeah, something like that. And in other camp groups as well, like in groups 2, 3, 4, and 5, and all those all those groups, it's f- all those four colors as well they're competing against each other by team color so and um it was the mostly the camp managers and the assistant directors who were randomly assigning the campers to different team colors um so some of the campers were even placed on the same team as either their siblings or their friends from other camp groups. Um, so one example um, is this Irish kid in my group 1B. 
Um, this boy was initially a new camper assigned to our group. Um, he's seven now. Um, this boy, um, who I mentioned previously, um, would have a hard time tying his shoelaces and I would reluctantly do it for him. Um, he was from, if my memory serves, um, I believe he was assigned to the blue team. And so that means that his older sister, um, who's a girl in group four slash five, um, she was also assigned to the blue team as well. And I think I mentioned previously that that girl is probably nine years old. And um, because she's nine years old, um, that made her be grouped, be placed specifically in group four um, because she's nine. So yeah, I think that girl is also on the blue team along with that boy who's her little brother. Um, so yeah, campers are often paired together with their siblings or with their friends on the same color team because it goes, again, it goes by team color, not necessarily by camp group, but color. It's four colors competing against each other. So, and the team color, I had to like obviously come up with a creative team name, like all the team names, which I totally forgot right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if they were paired together with their siblings or friends, then the campers could compete with one another um, against other team colors. But it's a friendly competition. Of course, it didn't like need to be all hectic and serious, like actual World Olympics or something. Like, so a few of the counselors and specialists were also assigned assigned team colors, but like not every single one of us staff was assigned a particular color. Um, like me, for one example. Um, since I was new to the whole YWCA experience, like working there, like this is was literally my first time working there. Like I wasn't like sure exactly how Olympics week would play out, <laughs> no pun intended. So for that reason, I don't think I was personally like ever assigned a, an actual team color to like lead or root for or whatnot. I don't know, like. However, since yellow is my favorite color, um, I secretly rooted for the yellow team to win. And so when I say the yellow team, um, I'm not just talking about my particular group 1B campers who are assigned to team yellow. Um, I mean that I mean that I was also rooting for the other campers and other camp groups as well, like who were also a time assigned to team yellow as well so it's just read for the whole entire like yellow team to win so it was every camp group camper assigned to team yellow as well as my own 1b campers so yeah i secretly rooted for yellow to win because yellow is obviously my favorite color <coughs> sorry about that um, so, I believe, 
if my memory serves, I believe the staff leader for the yellow team was the female assistant director. So that would be the Hispanic girl who's about a year younger than me. I think she was the one who um, helped lead the yellow team. Um, but then again, I might be wrong about that. Like, I don't remember anymore. Um, but one thing I know for a certain 100% is that the camp manager himself, you know, the black man who interviewed me for the job in the first place through Zoom, like it was a Zoom interview, um, the, he's the camp manager for the Dumont camp right here. Um, he was the one that led the green team. Like, he was the staff member who led the green team specifically, so that meant that he led the group of all the campers who were assigned to the green team, so I think about five of the campers in 1B, my group, were assigned to the green team, and so this camp manager got to lead them, that meaning a bunch of other campers and other camp groups as well. Um, so, the camp manager himself, like I mentioned, has two boys who are identical twins, and I, and those boys, their camp group is group 1A, um, which is a group for four-year-olds, 1A, um, 1B is just my group, another grade higher than 1A, so 1A was the assigned camp group for the four-year-old twin boys of the camp manager and so they were also assigned to the green team as well the two boys they were assigned to the green team so that their father the camp manager could keep an eye on them like during the olympics week games and activities like you could like train them and lead them and some of the um assigned activities and um, the we have two assistant directors of the camp, like I said. Um, the female assistant director, whom I just mentioned, is the Hispanic girl about a year younger than me. And the black assistant director, a black dude, um, like in his late 30s. Um, this guy served sort of. This guy, meaning the black assistant director, um, he served sort of as a referee during the Olympics week for like each and like every single game and activity. Like he, he would wear a referee t-shirt, you know, like black and white stripes on it. Like, and he would have a whistle that he would blow loudly to like get every person's attention. Like all of our attention, the camper's attention, so that we could listen to his announcements and stuff about how to, like, proceed with the, um, activities. So, yeah, that was very fun for the most part. Like, not all of us counselors and staff were assigned particular team colors to lead, so that just meant that we were neutral enough to, like, share for whatever team we wanted to, even though I secretly mostly wished for the yellow team to win only because yellow is my 
favorite color. In the end, though, the green team won with over 2,200 points, if I can recall, um, because the camp manager did such an amazing job of leading his team of campers with the activities and stuff. And also, he's such a competitive player, like... But, no, I mean that in a very good way, really, like, in an entertaining way, like, entertaining to me personally. Like, I thought it was very entertaining to see him play knockout basketball because knockout basketball was one of the activities, which was indoors in the gym. So, and he never once missed a single shot, like, every, like ball he threw into the net directly he never even once missed and I was literally like laughing my ass off at that the whole entire time during most of these games because it was just so fun and and everything to watch and also the music specialist girl was recording all of these events on her camera slash tripod like her phone tripod like it was part of that talent show so you know, just one of the campers' talents at camp, so she had to, like, record that for, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. And so, yeah, besides knockout basketball, um, some other activities that I can recall um, included dodgeball and capture the flag. And so some games were played indoors in the gym slash the cafeteria. Well, the gym when it's just a gym and not like set up as the cafeteria. And um other and other activities were played outdoors. And so when I say outdoors I mean like either outside at the front of the school building itself, like right there on the grass, which is where our morning and afternoon dismissals would take place. Like the parents would drop their kids off in the mornings and pick them up in the afternoons as we were all like standing on the grass, like lining up with our assigned group of campers. Um, Again, I'll talk about the dismissals later in another part to this. So yeah, on that grass area, I was where most some of the activities would take place. Um, and then, so yeah, that's the front of the school building. And then behind the school building, um, behind the building is like, you would have to like go through the doors of the gym. And when you open the doors of the gym, you would see like the blacktop feel, like the black ground area, the blacktop. And and then just a few feet across from that, um, that's the basketball court. So yeah, that's where some of the activities would also take place. Um, but I believe though, that whole week, um, the weather was extremely hot and uncomfortable. Because I remember that there had definitely been days like that where where the humidity was just like unbearable. So the camp managers and assistant directors had to like plan the week scheduled activities accordingly, like make some games and activities be 
taking place indoors instead of like outdoors outdoors like in the sweltering heat um let me just uh take another water break i'm sorry guys my throat is playing games with me right now If you guys noticed, that was another pun I just made. My throat is playing games with me right now. Because, you know, I'm talking about playing games during the Camp Olympics week. And I totally suck at making jokes during my own podcast. But, yeah, that's okay, though. <laughs> you guys got it, hopefully. Um, But anyway, though, as for the Capture the Flag game, um, for Capture the Flag the activity one of the activities um i think there was one time that i overheard the black assistant director dude um discussing with the female assistant director um that the game is impossible to play indoors at the gym um because they have to like physically set it up so that there would be like more rooms and such in this space and honestly, the gym wasn't, like, that large enough to, like, you know, to, like, the size of the gym wasn't that large enough to fit, capture the flag, you know, like, for the running and setting up, like, the fake gel and such. So, so a capture the flag was a game that physically needed to be played in a large spacious setting like the outdoors like on the blacktop or at the front of the school building itself like on the grass so i think that the capture the flag game was assigned during an earlier day that week when one of the days where it was just like unbearably hot and humid um so so on one of those particular days, most of the Olympics games and activities had to be indoors in order for us to like adhere to the summer weather. Yeah. And um, I think I also overheard some of the other counselors and staff, I think. Like, I mean, the specialists, I mean, like they were discussing with each other that most of the campers like within each assigned team colors um like the most of them like weren't really like entirely sure how to play certain games like kickball for one example like i think kickball was the one game one of the games that the campers might have been a little bit baffled as as to how to play and like some of the counselors and specialists were telling each other that maybe the camp managers and assistant directors should have made some time to provide clear instructions to the campers on how to play each game like kickball so that they would have more fun with them because I heard that some of the kids were feeling bad about losing a game like losing a particular game because they didn't like understand like the way it was supposed to be played and I had no idea about that honestly like I didn't know that the camp directors and manager didn't like explain how each game should be played like knockout basketball dodgeball like how someone would win a game or lose a game or how they would be out or 
you know, for capture the flag, which we were eventually able to play outdoors on a not so humid day. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, other than that small, confusing technicalities, like, it was a fun week overall of games and activities. And since it was Olympics week, like, none of the specialists had to, like, teach any classes. Like, for example, the music te- the music specialist, like, teaching music, like, none of that had to, like, happen. Um, just because it was the Olympics games that took up most of the campers' afternoon time periods until afternoon dismissal time to, like, go home and stuff. So the only schedule we had to follow that week was the morning schedule, you know, like with going to swimming, going for swimming at the Dumont Swim Club and stuff like that. Then after the morning schedule hours, it would be the camper's lunchtime. And then after the camper's lunchtime, it was the start of the Olympics games and activities for the rest of that evening. So none of the specialists were teaching any classes at all like some of the specialists themselves were the ones organizing some of the games and it wasn't just like all physical activities I think one of the games was a trivia game where the kids had to like listen to the questions being asked about you know various subjects like tv shows music like stuff like that and then they had to like raise their hand one of them had to like raise their hand to give an answer for their team like yeah I think one of the other games like that was name that tune where they had to like name a song a song that was of course appropriate for kids at that age level every age level like you know songs with no swearing or crude language of course that like they had to like guess it so it wasn't just like all physical games like kickball dodgeball and stuff like that it was Simple stuff like trivia, name that tune, etc. And of course, since it was games like that, trivia, name that tune, it was indoors in the gym. So most of the indoors activities were in the gym and outdoors would be like outside the front of the school or behind, you know, the playground, etc, etc. (laughs) So yeah. And I think that week was also the same time where some of the campers themselves started feeling a little bit sick and under the weather like most of them would complain of belly aches or feeling cold from the extreme coldness of the gym and like where of course some of the indoors games and activities were held for the olympics weeks like you know because of the humidity on some days So I remember there was this girl who was a camper in my group 1B. Um, I don't remember her exact team color for the Olympics anymore. I think she was team red, but I might be totally wrong about that. But this girl is black, just like me and the black girl counselor of group 1B. And this girl was one of the campers in our group who wouldn't like follow simple instructions like we would have to like yell at her a lot like and I mean a lot like we would tell her to either stop doing something or to to actually do something like we would tell her you know stop talking to your friend during the class and pay attention to the specialist or 
you know, put your tray away and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So I heard from the black girl counselor, though, that this girl, the camper, had attention issues, like maybe ADHD or something. So she would get easily distracted when she was sitting with her friends and talking to them while a specialist was trying to teach the class. Like for art class, as a specific example, the art specialist would have to have this girl separated from her friends by having her sit alone at a desk and chair at the front of the classroom so that we would keep a close eye on her and she would focus on the project at hand and not be like easily distracted by the other campers. This girl though was apparently an only child. Her birthday was one day during that week of the Camp Olympics so she didn't physically come to camp that day. Uh, she turned seven that day and the next day when she came back she said that her family took her to the beach or something like that to celebrate and I thought that was pretty cool. And that day after her birthday was when this poor girl started feeling a little sick at camp. The black girl counselor and I knew that it was strange behavior from this girl um, because usually she was the loud energetic chatty type. Um, she's actually one of the campers who would in the group who would also like try to make me laugh by saying random stuff but on that particular day um i noticed that she was just quiet all throughout the whole morning periods until um after the campers lunchtime and then time for the olympics activities that afternoon um the counselor, um, this counselor and I took note of this girl's behavior by realizing that she wasn't her usual energetic self and that at lunchtime she barely touched her food at all. Um, whatever it was that she had for lunch that day, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> Sorry. When we were at the gym slash the cafeteria um, to prepare for the Olympics games that afternoon um, that girl started complaining about feeling cold so I initially brushed it off as you know the gym just being like the coldest room in the entire um, school building um, because like I've been saying in the previous episodes the gym was always very well air-conditioned even on the hottest days, like, the AC in there was, like, never off. Like, it was always on most of the time, and I like that. Um, But that's why most of us staff and some of the campers themselves would also bring our jackets and or sweaters to, you know, try to keep warm whenever we're in the gym. And, and I mean, like, light jackets, like, light sweaters and stuff. So, I personally always brought my denim jacket with me every single day um, because I had the feeling that we would usually be someplace that was a little bit cool, like, on the bus 
to the bus rides to Dumont Swim Club where some of the buses have AC in them. So yeah, I'd wear my jacket when we were on the bus until we got to the swim club. And then I, you know, take it off and wrap it around my waist. But like inside the school building, like if we were in the, if we were going to the gym, like we were planning to go to the gym, then yeah, I'd, you know, carry my jacket along with me, you know, just in case. And um, on rainy days, it was usually like pretty cool outside. I've noticed that. Um, so, you know, whenever it rained out, it wasn't like super hot. Like I know the rain would try to cool things down a bit. So, so it just makes the gym even that much colder. And and of course, in some of the campers assigned group classrooms, like group four slash five, they're classroom specifically is the coldest room ever so yeah on my first day of my being my counselor there I definitely did the right thing putting on my jacket and such so and so I think after the first two days of camp like the on the very first week um the black assistant director like permanently assigned me to group 1b the young age group of campers and um group 1b's classroom specifically um did not have ac like it was just only the fan that we had and if i recall correctly the fan brand was a hurricane box fan yeah it's a box fan that would stand on the table behind the classroom and Obviously, we counselors would be the ones in charge of turning it on as well as opening the windows in the room a little bit so that the classroom can get some fresh air. Um, but unfortunately, on even the most humid days, the fan being on and the windows being open were usually not enough for me. Like, I would be sweating like mad crazy, like all over and underneath like no matter how lightly I was dressed but because you know I always wish that 1B's classroom would have an air condition as well um I'm not sure why group 4 slash 5's classroom is the only like class building that has AC while while the other classrooms don't like (laughs) I don't understand and since group 4 slash 5's classroom has AC then it obviously does not have the fan. Um, the fans are only for... <coughs> oh my god, I threw up. Um, the fans in each classrooms are only for the rooms that do not have AC. Um, but I think though the building itself could try to incorporate some AC into some of the classrooms themselves. Like not just in the gym. Like, you know, like on the hot days like summer and... I guess in the spring too like I don't know that's just my um personal belief but I guess whoever's like run whoever like runs the school right now as of this moment um because the school right now is being occupied by students who actually go there like teachers and stuff like that um I think that's something they kind of need to like you know incorporate like to come up with like Because, you know, 
I think every school building needs to have AC as well as just fans. Like, that's just, like, you know, general common sense for, like, hot days and such. Because we get it that we only, like, go to school during, like, winter seasons and fall and, like, we need the heat. But, like, even during, like, warmer weather seasons, like spring or let alone summer, there should be AC as well and not just fans alone. That's just my unpopular opinion, which I'll obviously save for another Sunday episode of the show or whenever. Um, so, yeah, so during the summer, though, some of the campers, and I mean specifically my 1B campers, um, they would, like, try to, like, create paper fans, like, fans out of paper, you know, just to, like, cool themselves off, and they would do it by themselves, it's not, like, an actual assigned art activity, it's just, we always had paper at the front table in our room, so one student, one camper would, like, randomly come up, grab a piece of paper, and just, like, create a fan, like, I don't know, yeah, you think that's cute and all, but I guess that's, I suppose that's an effective way for them to, like, cool off, like, I myself could have done it too, like, create a paper fan, but I'm like, now I'll just, like, cool off by, you know, because I will usually sit at the back of the classroom while the black girl counselor, because she was the lead counselor, like, she would be at the front of the classroom, like, be ready to, like, give out the instructions and such, so, and, you know, I'm just, and the Hispanic woman and I, we would just be the ones, like, assisting this girl, like, the Hispanic woman would sort of stand by the open windows to kind of cool off a little bit. And I would just sit at the back of the classroom, like next to the box fan on the table so that I can get some bit of air myself. So, But the fan was always facing in the direction of the front of the classroom so that also all the campers and even the black girl counselor herself could get cool off by the fan. So, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, most of the time I would be tempted to hog the fan, but yeah. Because, you know, the open window, like where I would sit next to, unfortunately, that wouldn't be enough for me personally. Like, no matter how lightly I was dressed, like, <laughs> I hate to feel hot during the summer. Like, I need to cool off. And just like, obviously, during the winter, I need to be warm. Like, I hate to be cold during the winter, but yeah, that's pretty much the same thing so anyway when that camper girl like you know the black girl like when she started to complain about her stomach hurting her so when the girl like no sorry when the girl like at first said that she was feeling cold um I kind of initially thought that Maybe she should have brought a jacket or a sweater with her or something, like, just in case. Like, you know, I personally, like, shrugged it off. Like, I didn't, like, see the significance of how she was feeling physically at the time. But I realized, though, that it was a little bit more serious when she started to complain about her stomach hurting her as well. So, yeah, the black girl counselor and I realized that, you know, this was, you know, something more needs to be addressed about it. Like, we should take her to, like, see the EMT nurse man. Um, 
So at this time, though, the Olympics games and activities were still taking place in the gym um, because this was the afternoon. So this is just the beginning of the Olympics games. Um, uh, yeah, it was indoors in the gym um, for the most part because I think that particular day was extremely hot outside, like over 100 degrees or something. Like, I don't remember the exact temperature, um, but I also thought that, and I still think now, that maybe the heat and the humidity might have played an important factor into some of these campers falling sick unexpectedly. And and then I think some people, you know, like the counselors and staff, also thought that maybe it was just a crazy hecticness of the whole week because you know it was olympics week so just like it's too much of each like physical activity like back and forth back and forth so i guess maybe that could have contributed to that as well you know the kids like falling sick unexpectedly because you know we're not sure if they had been keeping their themselves hydrated drinking enough water but like who knows really so so, um, the black girl counselor, um, the art specialist, um, the behavior specialist, and I, um, we all decided to, like, watch over this girl, you know, this black girl camper in my group 1B, um, at the office of the two assistant camp directors, and because their office room was large and spacious enough, like, with the two large tables, and stuff everywhere like both the assistant directors have like many of the campers like documents and records like their contact info and such so and also that was where we would we staff would plug in our times for going on lunch break which is usually for 45 minutes and so we had this girl like kind of put her head down for a little bit in the office like I guess to like put her head down on the table where it was a little warmer, but obviously not too warm um, because the windows in the office were also open, you know, just to get some fresh air. And generally the um, the office of the two assistant directors, the room is usually cooler than the camp manager's office um, because I don't think the camp manager's office had any like open windows well there were windows but it was blocked by other like stuff like cabinets and stuff like whoever like actually occupies that room now at the school but yeah but um the two assistant camp directors um their office has all these open windows where we could see I guess like the front of the building where the back of the building I mean the school building but yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, the windows are usually pretty open, so it makes the room feel slightly cooler. Um, you know, like I said, I really wish there was an AC in there at least. Um, um, yeah, but that probably wouldn't be a good idea for the girl um, who is complaining about feeling cold. And so I think the, if I recall, I think the black girl counselor was the one who had given the girl 
Oh, an orange YWCA camp t-shirt. Um, you know, the camp t-shirt, which is orange, that was customized for the campers. Um, the campers themselves had to wear those camp t-shirts on Mondays, just like we staff had to wear our t-shirts only on Mondays. Um, yeah. Yeah, that girl does have her own camp t-shirt. Um, um, but that day was not a Monday, of course. Um, I think that was either a Tuesday or Wednesday or something or Thursday. I don't remember what day that week was. Um, but that girl wore that camp t-shirt, you know, just as a way to sort of warm herself up, um, because she had been complaining about feeling cold. Um, yeah, so it was just a t-shirt just given to her it wasn't like any particular campers t-shirt or that girl's own it was just no I guess something that was just there um I think now when I think about it it was probably the EMT nurse the dude who actually gave this girl that shirt to wear um yeah because we did take this girl to see him this man the EMT nurse um I'm going to assume he's now in his 50s or something. Um, He's a pretty nice, friendly guy. All the campers like to hang out with him, like get high fives from him and stuff like that. Um, I'll get to that some more in a little bit. Um, I don't want to, like, diverge. Like, um, so this guy is obviously familiar familiar with all the campers in my group 1B. um, Because once in a while, he would stop by the... um, one B's classroom just to like chill with the kids and the kids would like to come up to him to get high fives and he would sometimes play around with them you know on the kids busy um free period and just ask random trivia questions about random topics random areas you know just trivia like in the same way as it's played during the olympics game activity like random like topics random uh, um you know, subjects, like, how you spell certain words, like, yeah, like, the vocabulary of certain words, yeah, just the same way, like, this guy really engaged with the kids like that, he wasn't just, like, serious business all the time, but now that I think about it, I think some of the kids would kind of use the opportunity to spend more time in this man's office, and, you know, just, like, shut up a storm with them, then, going back to, like, their actual classrooms during a certain time period to, like, do an activity, like, I guess, get out of, like, gym or yoga or something to come see this guy, even if they weren't, like, seriously injured or, like, truly sick or whatnot, like, but, like, yeah. Yeah, most of the time, this man would give most, some of these campers the benefit of the doubt if they were like doing that and yeah I know I promise not to go on too much of a tangent on that but um yeah and um his office is like located right like immediately like right next to the gym so obviously if at the gym someone was hurt accidentally or got sick then you know this man's office was literally like right next to it like didn't have to like go super far away for that like unless we were like in the classrooms or something but like if we're at the gym though then this man's office is like right next to it so yeah that was 
like convenient too like yeah so yeah i guess i'll talk more about this emt guys some more like more like i promised that i wasn't gonna go into a tangent about that but yeah so yeah i think that before we made this girl like lie down in the assistant director's office like we took this girl to see the nurse man in his office and so yeah i think he was actually the one that gave her that spare camp t-shirt again it doesn't didn't like belong to any particular camper um it was just you know there like i guess you know it's just spare extras for campers who did not have any of their own and i'm sure this girl had her own one that she wore on that monday yeah so yeah and this man um did his best to contact this girl's parents and i learned that this girl was an only child um and um but she had a younger cousin who was in the other group called group 1a 1a is the group for four-year-olds that included the identical twin sons of the camp manager and yeah i didn't know that that little boy in 1a was actually this girl's cousin um it took me about the second to last week of camp to realize that that they were both cousins um because i would see them play together during the before camp you know we call it pre-camp time period in the gym and i'll talk more about that like you know before camp and after camp in a little bit or in the following part if i don't get to it in this part um yeah so that girl and that boy played together a lot and like that's why they get along so well like i had literally had no idea at all that they were cousins until that girl like told me a few weeks later on the bus ride like oh by the way that's my cousin like yeah (laughs) and so um i think during the time when the girl was in the office like lying down um as she was waiting for her parents to come pick her up after the emt nurse man like called them to come for her yeah i think during that time i was actually on my own lunch break then or i guess just a few minutes before the lunch break was over like yeah so yeah a few minutes after that like i plugged in my time for the end of my lunch break and so i headed so that meant that the I guess the Hispanic woman could go on her own break then. So, yeah, so I headed back to the gym to, like, watch the rest of the upcoming Olympics games and activities. Um, That's when I learned from the black girl counselor and the art specialist who had been in the office that the girl, the camper, had threw up in the office. Like, she vomited somewhere. Like, I wasn't... At the time, I wasn't, like, physically present in the office anymore um, because I was now at the gym, like, watching what game was playing at the time. Um, I think it was dodgeball or something. I don't remember what activity specifically was playing at the time. Um, so, so since I wasn't physically in the office anymore, um, 
because I'd left at the time, thankfully, before that girl, like, vomited. So I wasn't sure if that girl, like, threw up on the table or on the bench or on the floor or maybe, like, all over the place. And, yeah, I actually didn't even want to know, like... Um, but fortunately, though, in the school setting, you would have janitors and people who worked in construction to, like, set certain stuff up, like, technical stuff and, like, the bouncy houses for the kids and such. Um, so, fortunately, we had janitors around. So, I think um, the camp manager was the one who called for one of the janitors to, like, come, like, mop up the office And um, I also learned that the girl's parents were the camper. You know, both of her parents worked in healthcare, uh, but she didn't like exactly specify their actual occupations, like if they're doctors or nurses or whatnot. And and um, according to the EMT nurse, um, this girl's parents said that they would might come for her like a little bit later, like maybe an hour or a bit longer and you're like I think by the time these girls parents come for her then camp would be nearly over and it seemed like the girl was going through like a serious emergency and she needed to like be picked up immediately like so I saw that the EMT nurse was trying his best to persuade this girl's parents to come for her sooner like it's not really something to be delayed because it's a serious medical issue like she might have vomited again but which I doubt happened I don't really think or recall that well but you know if it's a serious emergency medical issue like that like you expect the parents to like make an attempt to come for their kids as soon as possible and like you know don't delay And so, anyway, after this girl, like, puked, I think a few other campers and other different camp groups started feeling sick as well. And so, another example of that is, like, in group 4 slash 5, which was the group I had initially been assigned to um, before the assistant camp director, like, permanently assigned me to group 1B. So, yeah, in group four slash five, that particular group, my former group, um, there was another um, black girl in that group, four slash five, I mean. Um, She, too, was feeling a little sick, I guess, with the stomach ache or something. Um, I believe that that girl had been a newly assigned camper to the group at some point I guess that same week and um judging from her age I would guess that she was about nine or ten years old um so that would place her specifically in group four because she was nine or ten but I thought she was also a very pretty girl you know just because of her braids um her braids her hair is naturally black but there were a few braids that had the pink and purple on them like a pink slash purple um streaks or something so I thought that looked 
very pretty on her and she would sometimes come to camp like wearing a dress and such so she's an adorable little kid like I've interacted with her a few times and she's a real sweetheart and yeah so on that day too she had a bit of a belly ache and yeah so by the time I was like walking around back and forth from the gym to like the um office of the two assistant camp directors um I would see her like lying down in the bed of the EMT nurse's office like yeah and um let me just give myself a quick um water break I'm back, y'all. So, yeah, the EMT nurse man was doing his very best to contact this girl's parents, um, relatives, and stuff like that. Like, he's been trying very hard to get in touch with people who have relations with this poor girl to, like, come pick her up as soon as possible. Um, again, this is the girl in group four slash five, um... Um, I don't think that girl, like, actually, like, threw up or vomited. Um, but then again, I could be wrong. Um, I mean, she might have, but then again, I don't exactly remember. Um, the nurse man said that he had not been receiving a response from anybody he ever called in relations to the girl to, like, come pick her up. And, you know, I really give this man a lot of credit for trying to for trying his best to get in touch with these campers parents or legal guardians when necessary and for him to not be able to get a call back from these people he contacted i know that it's probably the most annoying and frustrating thing about being a school nurse you know to not receive a call back from the children's guardians or relatives or whomever when you're trying to contact them (laughs) sorry about that um, my mom has got tons of horror stories that are similar to that, which I promise I'll tell you guys a little bit more about in a future episode. Um, obviously not right now. Um, um, again, at this time, the Olympics games were still going on in the gym. I think by the end of the afternoon, before it was snack time and afternoon dismissal time to like go home and but now, um, one other girl in another camp group, like, unexpectedly vomited on the gym floor, like, I guess immediately after the Olympics games came to an end, which I guess was perfect timing for her, because, you know, like, when she threw up, it, like, it was, like, totally unexpected, and it caught all of us by surprise. Um, this girl was white, and I think she was either in group two or group three. I don't remember anymore. Um, but she was not in my one B group. No, she was in. She was an older kid in either group two or group three. So I don't exactly remember which group group anymore. But yeah, I think that girl too had been participating in some of the games and activities. 
I'm not, wasn't sure if it was like the, some of the physical ones, like dodgeball or whatever. Um, like, but her vomiting on the floor just like literally came from like out of nowhere. Like it was just out of the blue. Like I don't think she like straight out said that she had a bellyache or wasn't feeling too well or something. Like, yeah, it really was unexpected. Like. And most of us staff, like, started wondering among ourselves as to really what was going on with... Because in that one day, we've had three campers from three different groups feeling ill with the belly ache, or they would vomit unexpectedly, like... I think we started putting two and two together to attribute it to, like, the heat and humidity, and also these campers, like lack of hydration like we felt that maybe it's because they weren't drinking enough water like other than like what they were eating for their lunches and such like juice caprison stuff like you know um yeah i think that was the campers unexpected illnesses that day and you know i guess at the camp in general like that's why during the brief staff morning meetings the assistant directors and camp manager would emphasize to us counselors to make sure that our group of campers, our groups of campers were drinking lots of water, like, each and every single day. Like, obviously, it is very important for children to stay well hydrated, especially during the summertime, um, because I don't know if you guys out there, if you have any, like, prior or current experience with children um you understand that kids sometimes tend to get a little bit carried away with whatever activities that they're participating in that they forget to keep themselves hydrated and especially if it's during the summer like they're still like all caught up in the game like they don't like drink enough of their water and um, that's why we counselors would also do our best to remind our own campers to drink their waters a lot and also to refill their water bottles by at the water fountains if necessary. And um, the only times the campers did not need to physically carry around their water bottles was when we were going to the bus to go to the Dumont Swim Club. Um because we know that items would get easily lost or misplaced or forgotten about on school buses or even at the swim club itself. Uh, we didn't want that. And I think there was one time when I, I was on the bus with the 1B campers. I mean, a few counselors on with the, their kids on one bus. And I noticed like a pink slash red colored water bottle and it wasn't um i asked every single of our the 1b campers like is this your water bottle like does it belong to you or something like that like everyone said they had their own water bottles like it's not theirs like nobody actually like brought their water bottle physically like i wasn't sure whose water bottle that was but um, I think it was the black girl counselor who told me that the water bottle had probably been there from, like, another camp group who had been on that same bus. Like, I wasn't, like, sure. 
Like, you know, that's why we would say not to bring water bottles, like, to the bus. Because, you know, campers being younger aged, they would most likely, like, forget it. Like, and it would be lost and misplaced. And also at the Dumont Swim Club, there wasn't any place physically to, like, keep it. I guess, like, on top of their towels on the grass. But I guess that would be an easier way for something like that to get stolen or lost. Just the only things they would need to bring with them would be their towels only. You know, laying on the grass as they were going, getting ready to go into the water to be taught by the um, lifeguards. Um, and so, so it's like whenever we would return back to the school building on the buses, their water bottles would obviously still be there in their classrooms, their assigned classrooms. So they didn't really like need to bring their backpacks or stuff like that. Like it would be kind of inconvenient. Like, you know, like all they just needed to bring was their own bodies, their selves you know, under towels. And we counselors would have these campers change into their swimming suits like way beforehand. Um because the three or four of the bus drivers would the buses with the bus drivers in them, they would all be at the front of our school building for a certain amount of time for these de- designated campers and certain camp groups to go swimming on particular days you know from Tuesdays to Fridays um, we never had swim on Mondays for the first five weeks of camp I mean so it was only the last two weeks of camp Um, swimming was every day including Mondays but during the first five weeks of camp um, we did not have swim on Mondays again it was just only Tuesdays to Fridays so, yeah, we would have three or four buses piling up with each other, depending who was which group was going swimming on which day. So my group 1B, for example, would go swimming on Wednesdays and Fridays, along with other groups that I can't remember would go swimming along with them. Like, I'll check that again in a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, so... That day with the three campers falling ill unexpectedly, that was an eye-opening day for me personally to, like, start wearing my mask at work, which obviously I did from that moment on until the last week of the Dumont camp on Friday, August 12th. Um, There were a few times in which I, myself... Um, have felt a little bit sick. Not like that, of course, but just like in terms of getting unexpected, like little headaches and like migraines sometimes. And I would like message my mom and say like, hey, I have a small headache. Um, At one time, she asked me to see if the EMT nurse guy like treats um, staff as well as campers. And I'm like, no, he only treats the campers. I don't think he ever treated the staff I mean I think the staff could like go in and just like request for whatever the medicine they wanted but I personally never like dare to ask or try to find out like I just automatically assumed that it was only the campers that he treated 
And it's only because he had access to their medical records and stuff from their parents, guardians, and relatives. And so during those times when I was sick with headaches, um, my mom would tell me that it's mostly the heat that was causing it. Because, you know, that's, yeah. And I did agree with her for the most part. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. That, that was the heat. Like, I couldn't, like, stand the extreme heat during most days of the summer. Um. Like, I prefer to, like, stay cool, like, which is why I couldn't stand it. Like, when 1B's classroom didn't have the air conditioned, like, even the fan wasn't, like, enough for the most part. Like, you couldn't, like, turn it on high enough that it would be so loud for the campers to not be able to hear the black girl counselor or the specialist or something. Like, the fan would have to be at a low volume, like, the fan being at a low volume just wasn't enough for me, and neither was the windows being open enough at all. Like, yeah, um, but yeah, during those times when I would get headaches, I, I always had the feeling that it was something else, you know, um, when I say something else, I don't mean like a physical illness, like I just, there was... I'm going to give you guys a hint as to what I'll be talking about. Um, it's just it's something kind of serious that happened to me. Like, it, my life kind of took a downward fall, like, since last, last year fall. And I think this past summer when I was working at the YWCA to kind of distract myself or get my mind off it, um, that situation in my life got a little bit worse, like... I mean, I think you guys probably, like, get the feeling that you know what that is, but I really don't want to give it away right now. Um, I'll nickname it. I'll talk about this topic in the episode that I'll nickname the serious episode. Um, so, not right now. It's just that one thing that was on my mind. I guess that's what... Just I guess that's just what was getting to me, like... How would I deal with it? Like, how would I tell my family? Like, I don't know. It's just an inner battle that I was struggling with within myself. Um, but, yeah. I'll give myself a quick water break. <laughs> and I'm back um so there was one other time with the headache that I had um um I told the assistant directors that I needed to get home early because I had a headache. Um, this was a few weeks or so after the Camp Olympics. Um, um, so, you know, just another regular normal day at camp. Well, not really because I guess some of the kids were watching movies and such for the afternoon time period so we didn't like necessarily like follow the afternoon schedule 
like have the specialists like teach anything or I remember what we were doing that whole week or uh, yeah I'll look that up later but it, it was in messaging my mom that she suggested that my dad should come pick me up at a certain time which I believe was around one o'clock which is the time that I would normally go for my own lunch break on a certain day um so yeah my dad did come to pick me up at around one that day and took me home of course and so you know I just managed like rusted off a little bit shower and chillax for the rest of that day and so even during the those days I still continued to wear my mask at camp um some of the staff would wear masks as well and even some of the campers themselves like a few of them in my group 1b specifically like they would wear theirs of course so the black girl counselor in my group 1b she always wore her mask like she had a on a, a pink surgical one that she would have attached around a keychain or something so that she could easily like put on and then like wear around her neck so I thought that was a clever way to like do that so yeah she was definitely always wearing hers even when we were at the Dumont swim club um but she wore glasses too so I wasn't sure if the mask would make her glasses like fog up or whatnot like because I know whenever I would wear my sunglasses when we were outside the building for like certain activities on the schedule um my mask would somehow cause my sunglasses to, like, fog up. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. And and also, the so that the Hispanic woman who eventually joined our group, um, she wore her mask as well. Yeah. And I know I may have rambled a lot about the Olympics week at camp. Um, that was um, basically week four of the Dumont camp in a nutshell um so despite the hectic week it had been with some of the campers falling ill unexpectedly and having to like leave camp early that one day um it was also fun like especially when the green team eventually ended up winning like yeah it's true the green team was led by the camp manager himself, you know, the black man who interviewed me for the job in the first place. Um, yeah, his two sons are identical twins who were assigned to group 1A. And um, I think those two boys were also assigned to the green team so that this manager can keep a closer eye on those boys because they're his sons. And he sort of had to, like, I guess coach them somehow for certain games and activities um eventually on that one day where the campers who fell ill like the black girl counselor I mean the black girl camper I'm sorry in my group 1b for example um they eventually had been dismissed early from camp when their parents or guardians came to pick them up <laughs> sorry and so the tough part about that overall was getting an immediate response from the parent or guardian. Um, 
during my lunch break or near the end of it, um, I overheard the female assistant director telling the black assistant director that in the future that they should suggest calling the police on the parents or guardians of the campers like if they did not receive an immediate response from them to like come for their children immediately in times of medical crises yeah I think she said something along the lines of next time we'll probably just call the cops so that it would prompt a quicker response from them and then immediate pickup from camp something like that but yeah I agreed with them 100% on that like if I didn't say it before um, I'll say it again but my mom works as a school nurse at a public school K-12 district in the Bronx Um, so yeah I'm pretty sure she has her own fair share of plenty of horror stories to share of contacting these children's um, parents or guardians and and sometimes not like receiving an immediate response from the parent or guardian of that particular um, said child yeah I do definitely agree though that if your child is going through a medical crisis that you know it is your responsibility as their parent or guardian or relative or whoever to like stop whatever it is you're doing at the moment and come get your child immediately like you really like shouldn't be that hard to reach if god forbid your child is going through a serious emergency or in a serious life-threatening situation like you should be easier to contact during those cases and ensure the safety and well-being of your child like that is still your child after all like yeah yeah I mean again I really credit the EMT nurse man for handling that situation as best as he could and just remaining cool calm and collected and even patient even when a lot of time has gone by without a response from that family member or relatives of that particular camper who was sick or ill or yeah but you know he tried his best like he wasn't just the guy who would um come to my 1b classroom and just ask random trivia questions and be playful with them like he took his role as the emt nurse like seriously like he did his best and i we all give him credit for that so he was amazing like yeah i'll talk more about him again in the following part um because unfortunately he himself got sick with covid at some point but yeah i'll delve more into that in the following part right after this um anchor is gonna remind me soon about my one hour time limit and i don't want to like derail from what all that so yeah i promise y'all so yeah after week four and such i don't even remember what special events or activities took place during the following week week five i do know that anchor will get closer to reminding me i mean well yeah reminding me about (coughs) sorry about my um recording time limit the one hour time limit um so um i'll probably make this short seg short segment into another 
segment, like a, I'll record another segment right after this, and I'll definitely make another part, like, I guess, talking about, like, before care and after care and all that wonderful stuff. Um, so, I guess, right now, with the little time that I have left from Anchor to remind me, um, I'm going to talk about three activities that we did at camp that involved an outside guest or guests physically coming to Dumont camp to present their activities. Um, so it was during three different weeks at camp. Um, I do not remember the exact dates anymore. Um, but I'll tell you right now what I know them to be. Like the assistant directors would give us these announcements during our morning our staff morning meeting announcements like certain guests are coming over to prevent present something so so um the first event um was when two super hot guys who i'm going to assume are in, either in their late 20s or early 30s um so they came over to the dumont camp to present different types of insects to campers um, so these guys, these two guys are part of a wildlife company. Um, somewhere in New Jersey, I believe. I don't recall anymore. And they seemed like pros in what they were doing by presenting pictures and, of course, fake versions of snakes, anacondas, um, etc. Different types of reptiles. Um, so this... This activity slash event took place in the gym. So, and I myself was, at, and we, all of us staff, the entire staff was there as well, like specialists, counselors, like we were not, the specialists were not teaching anything specific at this time. I'm, I think this was after the campers' lunchtime. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so there wasn't like any, a regular day of the specialist teaching something in class. Like, this is a fun event taking place in the gym with two outside guests um, who are part of a wildlife company, like, presenting their things to the campers. Um, so some of the staff and even the campers themselves had the opportunity to touch and feel these fake snakes, anacondas. And again, guys, they're actually fake like they're toys versions or something they're not like actual real live insects like that would be super odd but no it was just fake toy versions so because if they were actually real then that obviously would have freaked out the campers and some of the campers were a little bit twitchy even on the fake toys so it was like yeah yeah but is anyway, but anyway, the campers had their chance to ask these guys as many questions as humanly possible during the presentation of these different types of insects, and they were fascinated by the insects. Um, for the most part, not all of them were scared at all. Maybe just a few of them, like this one boy in Group One A, like he was a little bit scared of it at first, like. 
antsy, so some of the counselors like had to like be with this kid so that he didn't like be all jumpy and such. And no, this kid was not one of the sons of the camp manager. Um, it's just another kid generally. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you guys a hint about this kid's name. Um, he was named after the capital of Jamaica, which I'm going to assume his family is from. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let me just take a... Another quick water break. I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, my throat is really weird today. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I'm back. So, um, for the most part of the presentation, um, fortunately, I had been eating a bagel the whole time. So, I wasn't even able to, like, physically touch any of the insects um again they're fake the like toy versions like yeah oh i mean i didn't eat the bagel the whole entire time like there was a point like after i finished eating it like i was able to like at least touch or feel the fake anaconda like i learned an interesting fact about the world's like longest anaconda like yeah the guys themselves demonstrated like the world's longest one ever seen somewhere i don't remember but yeah um it was a very fun presentation um i guess just the only trouble was getting these campers to be quiet for the most part like while these men were doing their presentation um because they're just so antsy and energetic the whole time. So we as the staff would have to like quiet them down like a million times. Tell them to, to pay attention to these men. Um, um, Even these guys would like have their finger or hand up. You know just sort of as a way to like signal to the campers to be quiet. Like <laughs> yeah. And the following part after this. I'm going to talk about the quick simple little tricks that we staff would do to make the campers be quiet and to listen to us as we're about to speak like you know a clapping of the hands kind of thing yeah i'll talk more about that in the following part after this but yeah so yeah that animal presentation was one event um and it took place in the gym and um every single camp group was there all at the same time like Group 1A, Group 1B, Group 2, Group 3, Group 4, Slash 5. Everyone was there. Every camper was sitting and lined up with their own camp groups. So all of my campers in 1B were lined up with 1B. And me, the black girl, the Hispanic woman. Like, you know, they all had to sit in their own assigned camp groups. Like, they couldn't, like, mingle, like, together. Like, yeah. So... And yeah, and all of us staff, like the camp manager, the black man, um, the two assistant camp directors, yeah. So all of us were in the gym at the time, like even the specialists, like the specialists were not teaching certain classes at the time, like the art specialist teaching art. Um, uh, well, yeah, not at the time, though, that this event took place, I think it was only 
an hour and a half long and it was after the campers immediately after the campers lunchtime so that means after that um my group 1b did not have the music specialist teaching music or the um sports specialist like taking them outside for sports class like no it's just yeah and that's for my group 1b specifically with their schedule of events like i'm not sure about the other campers schedule anymore like i'll go through that some more in a little bit um <clears throat> yeah so and so the second event that we had um was the campers learning about different types of plants um the uses of plants and their be- health benefits on us humans and so for that event there's a woman who specialized in plants and wildlife professionally so she came over um to the gym that's where the event took place um she came over to present um different types of herbs that we would normally use to make tea you know different types of tea flavors um you guys obviously know, obviously know that I love tea like I prefer it a lot to coffee like i personally don't understand the appeal of coffee like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but yeah but anyway though i myself didn't like participate in the event for whatever reason um i thought it was mostly only the campers who had to participate in it um so yeah this woman came to like present um which herbs that all the types of herbs that we can use to like make tea and the campers would have to choose their own like choose one herb to use to attempt to make their own tea at home and i think this event lasted only for like 1 hour and again it took place at the gym so the gym was set up with the tables um where the herbs were presented that the campers in each group would line up to get different herbs like there were five different types of herbs and i mean i'm not sure if i'm explaining it right but like the campers would have to like choose which one herb to use to attempt to make their own tea bag and what not at home yeah Um so different camp groups went at different times um and also since this activity was somewhat related to STEM so this event was sort of like a replacement alternative to actually having STEM class with the STEM specialist like the STEM specialist girl didn't have to like teach this come to each classroom to teach the activity or something um because the stem specialist mostly assigned art related projects so technically the class would be called steam instead of stem like it's just called stem you know just as a general name like so yeah um but instead of the stem specialist having to teach class on that particular day um it was just this event with the woman the professional plant specialist that was an alternative to that um so cuz we were learning about plants and such so that is a part of science for the campers like the s and stem and steam like yeah yeah so 
we would go to meet, have the event in the scheduled time of having um, STEM. So, for example, my group 1B went to this event at the time that we would normally have STEM class with the STEM specialist girl. So, we had, so 1B had STEM, I think, immediately after sports after the sports class with the sports specialist that's the normal general schedule of events so i guess after the sports activity um the 1b campers came to the gym to have the um stem based activity with the professional woman plant plant pro like i don't know what you would call a person who specializes in plants but yeah yeah, so hopefully I didn't, like, confuse you with you guys about that. Like, my mind's all over the place. Um, I'll try to clarify it later as best as I can. Um, so anyway, since 1B is a younger age group of campers, um, this woman suggested that these kids um, receive help from an adult at home to make their own tea so that they would be as careful as possible in making it and not risk like injuring themselves or spilling anything on the floor in any way shape or form so yeah that was another event it was very fun um the woman was like very nice and was able to answer most of the kids questions like yeah it was fun and the black girl counselor and I were there, and I think the Hispanic woman was there too, but I'm not sure if she went on her own lunch break, but yeah, the black girl counselor and I were definitely there, and the black girl counselor was the one like leading the whole thing, like telling the kids to be quiet once in a while, so yeah. And yeah, and I had finished my lunch break at this time, so yeah, I too was there, obviously. And, um, The third event that we had was this magician dude. And again, this event also took place in the gym. Um, Yeah, and every single camp group was there. All of us staff as well, the specialists. So none of us were teaching anything at this particular time. It was about an hour long as well. Um, So... This dude, magician, um, he came to present some magic tricks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, during the morning staff meeting that day, the two assistant directors said that this guy tends to be kind of a lame performer because some of his tricks could be a little bit lame at times. But I personally thought he was funny and that his tricks were super cool and hilarious. But then again, I think everything's funny and hilarious. So, yeah, I was just like laughing so much the entire time of this man's like magic presentation. Like I just could not help myself. I don't think the magician even noticed that I was laughing. I think secretly he didn't mind at all. Like, oh, we have an engaged audience member who might want to come up. Like he didn't even once ask me to like come up, even though he heard me like laughing the whole entire time. And the sports specialist guy had to, like, encourage me to, like, volunteer for one of the magician's dude, magician dude's tricks. And he was like, Sarah, why don't you go up? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like, I declined, of course. I'm not sure why. Like, yeah. But, yeah, the sports specialist guy himself was one of the volunteers for 
one trick um, in which the magician like tried to guess the exact date of birth of this guy's mom, the sports specialist guy, so his mom and the magician had to like guess when this guy's mom's birthday was. So, um, the magician, like, somehow guessed it right. <laughs> like, he was able to, like, tell about this sports guy's mom's zodiac sign, <laughs> which I believe was cancer. Um, because this guy's mom's birthday was apparently in July of that month. I believe he said it was July 11th. And then, and if I recall, that is the cancer zodiac sign. And so the magician like actually like guessed it right. And I'm like, how on earth did this guy guess it right? Like someone's birthday, like date of birth, their astrological sign. Like how does he get it right? Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but that was amazing though. And um, in another trick, um, the female assistant director... Um, offered to come up well like she vaunt she was she volunteered to like come up for one of the tricks um she is a hispanic girl who's about a year younger than me um so and so the magician like asked her to think about someone in her life whom she considers to be a hero and um this magician um, apparently guessed correctly that this girl had this girl had been thinking about her father um, whom she considers to be a hero so yeah I actually thought that was very sweet of this girl to think of her dad as her hero um, in a private conversation in the assistant director's office during one of my lunch breaks at one point I overheard the girl telling the black assistant director that her, because, you know, they both the assistant directors, so obviously they both work together. At least one or both of them would be in the office during our lunch breaks, including mine. So I think in that one moment, she and the black assistant director were together in the office during my lunch break. Well, I think at the point I was about to, like, finish my own lunch break, um, she told the black assistant director that both her parents were both her parents are now in somewhere in their mid forties um and so that means though that they might have been quite young when they had her like yeah, like I said, she's exactly a year younger than me, and so she, she said that her dad was like forty six or something mid forties so that got me thinking that maybe her mom like kind of conceived her like when she was a bit young. I know I shouldn't say this out loud, but it sounds weird saying it out loud. But I think maybe it meant that her parents were kind of in their early 20s or something when they had her. So, yeah. And um, I never did get the chance to ask her personally if she had, like, any other siblings or if she was an only child or something like that. I guess I should have learned to make conversation with her um, because we all consider her to be easier to talk to at times. Like, like she, too, could be a bit strict on some of the campers when calling them into the office, like, discipline them for bad behavior or refusal to participate 
but for the most part though she like a pretty like normal girl like one time she had to i think she had to like leave early to like go to a nail appointment somewhere like around teenac um i didn't get the chance to to like actually ask where she lived but i wish i could have done that too because she's literally a year younger than me i guess i could have done that um so yeah and the black assistant director himself he he can be kind of strict sometimes not just on the campers obviously but on us staff us counselors specifically um yeah a little bit more intimidating like yeah but he's the assistant camp director who works for the camp manager himself and the camp manager himself is like pretty laid back and chill doesn't like yell a lot at us uh counselors or staff um yeah so yeah so i guess we kind of consider this girl the female assistant director to be easier to talk to and even the black assistant director said to himself during our one of our morning staff announcements like if you feel like offended by something that i may have done you can either address me um personally or address the female director you know the girl because he figured that she would be a bit easier to talk to and she's someone of our age group we're able to relate to her more uh, because this assistant director himself is in his late 30s uh, so yeah he too is obviously married with kids of his own like the camp manager so yeah <laughs> yeah this girl i think has a boyfriend so she's obviously not married yet i don't think or yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah and anyway i really thought it was sweet that this girl considered her dad to be her hero and yeah i think her parents now are in their mid-40s like she mentioned so they probably had her like in their early 20s or something you know kind of young so it's not implied though if they were married when they had her but yes it was great getting to know that about her like yeah on a personal level i mean yeah and so in another trick during this magician's event um he blindfolded himself so that he could hold an object in his hand and try to guess for himself what the object was so the first item that he initially held while blindfolded was a tablet I think one of the campers in my group 1B accidentally said it out loud that he was holding a tablet. So that obviously didn't work because the magician said that he shouldn't have to hear anyone say out loud what the object was that he's holding. Like he had to be the one to like guess it for himself, like ask questions about it. Like, is it small? Is it big? What color is it? Like, what's it used for? You know, just were the like things like that to like guess what the item is at hand. So I told this camper in my group to shush and to not, like, say the object out loud. And this camper, the boy, the young boy, he said sorry. And he he whispered it to me and, like, it's okay, buddy. Like, yeah. Like, so he did not say the other object's name out loud that time. So I was grateful for that, that I was able to get him to be quiet and not to, like, give it away. And so the second object that the magician held was the female assistant director's um cell phone um the girl like gave this magician her cell phone to like hold and 
the magician like guessed it correctly by asking questions about it like what is it used for is it used for like making phone calls is it something you can put in your pocket you know just things like that and obviously he guessed it correctly without anyone else in the audience saying it out loud what the object was like yeah that was great like yeah that was a very fun activity and I was literally like laughing my ass off the whole entire time like yes uh that was a another ywca related event um yeah so in the following part to this episode i'll talk about the last two weeks of the dumont camp um i'll talk more also about the emt nurse man's interactions with the campers including the campers in my group 1b like how they like like to like get high fives from him and you know, how he had opened the door for us if we were going out, coming back inside from the playground, because obviously the doors would be locked, and unless we counselors had our YWCA key to hold it to the doors, that it would open more easily, like, for the most part, we would have to, like, knock on the door until another, like, counselor or specialist or staff came to, like, open the door for us, and in most cases, since the nurses emt nurses office was immediately across from the door that we would go to to head to the playground like he would mostly be the one to like open the door for us and in a few other cases he he wouldn't like hear us like he would be preoccupied in his office so obviously the counselors who were assigned to the gym for a particular time period in the morning would be the one to like open the door for us so yeah it just depends on whoever is available at the moment to like open the door for us so yeah i'll definitely talk more about that as well as watching movies the types of movies that we would watch in our particular camp groups like 1b movies in our classrooms or in the cool room um what else just yeah anything else that comes to mind at the moment oh yeah obviously what everyone did for me on my birthday like who greeted me happy birthday that day like yeah um yeah that's pretty much it like yeah guys just give me time to like write down the script for it to like edit it and i can record it like whenever um I know will be a uh, right time for me to do it. Um, so yeah, just please bear with me as I do that. Um, yeah, just stay tuned. <laughs>